You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. It's genuinely like a great privilege and um, honour to be able to share with everyone and to like just be given the, the opportunity, the responsibility even to, to share in, in this community, in this, in this gathering. And I said, I said the other week, um, which, that, um, that we are like an odd bunch. And, and it's true, just in the sense that outside of this sort of sphere, outside of, it's not a sphere, is it? It's like a cuboid. Um, outside of this room, outside of church, you wouldn't find us all hanging out together. Not because we don't like each other, just because it, it just would, it doesn't, it wouldn't naturally happen otherwise. But it's this group of people and groups of people like us all around the country and all around the world that God uses to establish his kingdom. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's something worth just remembering and reiterating right at the start. Um, and so for the last, for the last few weeks we've been, we've had all sorts of different stuff going on. We had the joint service over in um, Burgess Hill. We had the other joint service next door last week. Um, and now we're getting back to normal. Um, so hopefully I'll give you a very normal sermon, which won't... No, that's not true. Hopefully, hopefully, um, I think God's laid something on my heart that will hopefully speak to some people and... Um, and change lives maybe, who knows. And the title of the message is up on the screen, which is Tongues, Trees and Spirits. And basically, the question that we're asking today is why? The big question, toddlers like that question. Why do we respond in the way that we do? Why do we say the things that we say? Why, do, why when X happens is our response, why? Why is in the letter, not why is in question why because that's that's very confusing now i'm confused with like algebra and english at the same time i can't do it so before i start we're going to watch a, a short video that's just going to hopefully set the tone and and talk about one of the aspects of things that i'm going to talk about so enjoy it's an animation and it's very genuinely if that was longer i could just show that and not say anything because it's it's like pretty Spot on. And like, I remember first hearing, I heard, um, the lady on the, on the screen, Brené Brown, speak about, um, I think it was a power of vulnerability or something. You can check out online somewhere, um, at a, at a conference. And it was just like, just mind blowing and just like so spot on and so what I needed to hear at the time. So maybe, um, tonight, the things that I'm sharing are just things for me to hear. Um, and no one else, but that's cool because you can all encourage me in my in my journey of becoming a better Chris. Um, so she said, "Blame is the discharge of discomfort and pain, and has an inverse relationship with accountability. It rubs against it the wrong way." And she talks about these missed opportunities, like opportunities that we have for empathy opportunities that we have 
I think, to build community, that when our tongue goes out of control, we miss those opportunities and we, and we break that relationship. See, we're too busy sometimes attaching responsibility rather than working towards transformation. Now, I think the Spirit of God's all about transformation and not about responsibility. If it was about responsibility, I'm not so sure that what's the point of like Jesus dying on the cross if, if it's about responsibility and blame. See, Jesus came to transform us. The Spirit lives in us to transform us. And she mentioned this word control. And I think that's a key word and it's going to keep coming up um, time and time again. See, being in Christ, being a Christian, being someone who claims that they follow Christ, follow Jesus, means that we relinquish control. That we give up that um, that attribute, that that thing. It's like we are no longer in control in the driving seat or all these sorts of analogies that people use. We've given that up. We've given that to, to God. And God's taking over. Letting go of our own desires and living through the Spirit of God. Now, I was going to sing a song um, from Frozen at this point. <laughs> Let it go. But no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. No, no, I won't. I won't. There's no, no amount, no amount of you going, ah, oh, is going to get me to sing Let It Go. Genuinely. Um, back in music, will be, maybe we can do it as a response song at the end. At the end. <laughs> maybe that would work. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's heresy. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, back in the room. Um, our response. What is our response when things happen, when things go the way that they're not supposed to go, or we don't want them to go? Why do we blame? Why do we hold on to control? It's all about this why question. Can we do it better? See, when we blame, we're polluting. Our relationships become toxic. There's, there's this passage in, um, in Philippians, which is not, unfortunately, on the screen because I didn't think of saying this. Um, but the passage in Philippians where um, it's, it's quite famous, it's about all about Jesus humbling himself and, um, and humbling himself to, to death, even death on a cross, and God raising him up to the highest place, giving him the name that's above every other name, and all, all these amazing things, and we often focus on that. And then there's this little phrase right before before it starts that gives us a whole context for that passage, which is, in your relationships with one another, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to describe what Jesus' attitude was like. It starts off with, in your relationships with one another. See, we need to be Christ-like and not toxic. We need to be building up and not polluting. When there's toxicity in the body, it needs to be cleansed. It needs to be gotten rid of. And it's all part of dying to self and giving God control. 
friend of mine um, put put this little quote online um, recently, and I thought, oh, that's really good. I'm going to use that. Um, a wise man once said nothing. <laughs> Proverbs twenty nine eleven. So Proverbs twenty nine eleven says, "A fool gives full vent to anger, but the wise quietly holds it back." In other words, a wise man once said nothing. See, we've got these two options when something happens that we don't expect to happen. We either discharge toxicity or we cultivate growth. You're either like a, a big corporate um, factory that's dumping all its waste in the river or you're like a gardener that's carefully pruning and cultivating and is correcting things, you know, that's slightly out of place, but doing it in love. A gardener does not, like, trample and just... Well, I do when I'm gardening. Like, I just get the whole... That's probably a weed. I'll get rid of that. This uh, this has got thorns on it. I don't like it. And then it <laughs> flowers into a rose, but, you know, who knows. Um, but a good gardener actually knows what they're doing. They put a bit of food down. They, they like, put a little stick in and, like, get some gaffer tape around that. No, not gaffer tape. I don't know what they use, like some sort of cable tie thing system. I would just use gaffer tape, but that's, it's good for everything. I wanted to fix a tire with it once. Um, point is, we're not dumping all our waste. We're pruning and, and cultivating growth in, in, in the garden of community. Do we build up or do we tear down? Do we allow for a relationship to grow or do we destroy it? And the Bible says that the wise man is the one who holds back and thinks before they speak. If you read through my um, my high school sort of reports and things like that, you will you will find out that thinking before you speak is not something that my teachers thought was one of my greatest attributes. Um, Often speaking before I think was one of the things. So this is why this is a good sermon for me to hear, um, which is good. So we're going to move on um, and actually look at the Bible for a little bit. Um, and we're going to look at James chapter 3, which is going to be on the screen. Um, and I should have somewhere. Oh, here it is. And... I, th- I often think, like, if the New Testament was like a driving test, you would have the Apostle Paul with all his letters and all his stuff that he did that was, that's like your theory test. Because there's like so much in it and it's like, you've got to like figure out all this stuff. And then you would have James that's like the practical test. Because you read it and you think this is pretty straightforward, you just, you just do this. But then when you actually get out on the road, like, theory test is way easier than the practical test. You get out on the road and then you have to actually put this stuff into practice and you're like, oh no, which signal, maneuver, mirror? Maneuver, mirror, signal? I don't know. Which way around is it? You know, that's, and it's like, this might be, seem relatively easy in, when you look at it, but putting it in practice is, is not. So, um, James chapter 3, we'll start in at verse 1. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. 
for all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no, mis no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a, with a bridle. Um, if we put bits into the mouths of horses and to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large, it takes a strong wind to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts, great, boasts of great exploits. How great a forest set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Pretty strong stuff, some of that. Like, sounds pretty crazy. How should we speak to those who are made in God's image? Like, I think James suggests that we should be building up, not tearing down. And the tongue is all about, is, is our first line of response. It's all about response. The way we use our tongue is the way that we express our influence. See, the tip of the tongue is the power of life or death. So we, we ought to choose our words wisely. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says that the tongue has the power of life and death. It's about response, and it comes back to the question of why. Are we motivated out of anger, or are we motivated out of love? And do you think we can do it better? See, I can see that there's a tension. Um, the tongue has the propensity to be very positive or very negative. It's sort of nothing's as dangerous as, as the tongue. So we've got to be careful. And but James gives us some little tips and analogies. He talks about the, the, the bit in the horse's mouth guiding it. He talks about the rudder on the ship. They both represent the good that can be done when the tongue is in the right hands or in the right mouth. Disciplined and under control. And then he further goes on, just after the bit that we read, to talk about some analogies about can a fig tree bear olives or can a grapevine, grapevine bear figs? We're moving on to trees now. See, it's no good saying that we're followers of Christ if we're not actually following him and not actually doing what he said. So I thought, let's have a look at what Jesus actually said about this. See, Jesus uses similar analogies. He will we'll be looking at Matthew twelve thirty-three to 37. And he says, it's easiest if I just read it, he says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. 
you brood of vipers. How can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment you will be given an you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your, wor- by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. So again, pretty, pretty easygoing stuff, nice things to say. Or actually, it's probably not, is it really? It's like probably quite difficult to, to take in some of that. By your words you'll be justified or condemned. Like, that's pretty strong stuff. So, just giving you a little bit of context, because Jesus didn't say that in a vacuum. He's talking to the Pharisees, and it's after this time when Jesus healed someone that the Bible calls a demoniac, who has these symptoms of being deaf and not able to speak. And Jesus heals him, and the Pharisees say, oh, look, he's healed this guy, he's got him, got him like, hearing and able to speak again. Um, he must be in, in league with the devil or something. And Jesus is like, no, because a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Like that's a common phrase that that has been said many times since. But the context that Jesus uses it in here, he's saying, if I was working through through like the evil, the dark forces, um, if I was working through Satan, then I wouldn't be able to do this because you can't have that infighting. An evil spirit can't cast out another evil spirit. But he says, he gives us this one option, that it must be from the Spirit of God. But he says, if it's by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. If it's by the Spirit, the kingdom of God has come to you. See, that's a phrase that I think we need to let sink in a minute. If it's by the Spirit, then the kingdom is here. What does it mean if the kingdom's here? Well, it means that we can only move by the power of the Spirit. Because the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom works through the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign in in the world, in our lives, in our situations. And it's only through the Spirit of God that 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 can happen and it's through the spirit of God as Jesus is saying here that that is evidence it gives us this one option the spirit and why is that important well it's because the spirit has the power to transform it's only through the spirit that we can be transformed and made new no amount of putting effort in and trying really hard um, and trying to do sort of all sorts of self-improvement and all that stuff can transform us in the way that the Spirit of God can transform us in an instant. And that's why Jesus and James both understood this thing about this analogy of trees. Because if the roots are rotten, no amount of effort is going to bring forth good fruit. The tree doesn't try to bring forth good fruit, it just kind of does because it's a good tree and if it's a bad tree, it just kind of brings about bad stuff that's just kind of how it works the rotten roots need healing the only way to make the tree healthy is to 
is to somehow heal its roots, to somehow make it good again. Otherwise, it's not going to produce good fruit. See, maybe that's maybe that's saying that you need to be healed and cleansed from the inside. Maybe I need to be healed and cleansed from the inside. Because if the Spirit of God is, is living inside you, the rotten core has to die. The stuff that's not good is the stuff that dies, and that's the stuff that's put aside. And the Spirit of God guides us and moves us on and transforms us. And we begin to start cultivating good fruit. The way we, we respond begins to start looking more like the kingdom of God and less like ourselves. Jesus says that it's from the abundance of the heart or the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. So do, do we speak poison or do we speak life? Because that's out of our heart. That's what's inside us. It's an indication of the Spirit working in you. Of letting go, giving up control, and letting God take control, letting God take over. See, we need to respond. So far, we have tongues, trees, and spirits. And thankfully, I organized these in the right way that that came up at the right times. Yes, thankful for that. Um, we have tongues, trees, and spirits. And I think that they're all sort of hanging there a little bit in midair. And he's sort of like, Where, where's this? Like, does it connect anywhere? How can I connect it all in? Hopefully, I've created a, a logical pathway in which they connect. However, it's a Chris logical pathway, so it might not be logical to everyone else. Um, but we'll see. I thought, I thought we'd look at some theory, so I thought we'd look at what Paul says, and we're looking into Romans. So Romans chapter 8 begins with this phrase, those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, those who are Christians, those who are followers of Christ, those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's who he's talking about. Basically Christians, basically us, that's who he's talking to. says Christians are not in the flesh. We are in the spirit because the spirit lives in us. Conversely, if the spirit's not living in you, you are not in Christ. Remember, if the spirit of God is here, that carries the weight of the kingdom of God with it. It's what Jesus was sort of saying a little bit before. Now, Paul says about the Spirit. He says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the one that works in us. It's the same Spirit of God. And that Spirit will give life to our bodies that ultimately works out in resurrection. So if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit that dwells in you. See, there's a link that's going on, and hopefully it will become a little bit more obvious in a second. The same spirit that Jesus, that um, was in Jesus when he healed this deaf and mute man, is the same spirit that lives in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lived in us. The spirit that was around then is the spirit that's around now, 
and the spirit that gives us life that transforms us and, th- and this spirit leads us into this analogy that Jesus used of trees and fruits because a good tree equals good fruit and a bad tree equals bad fruit and Paul says if the spirit if, if Christ is in you the body or the flesh is dead and the spirit is life because of righteousness so the question that we have is have you surrendered everything to, to Christ to God have you given up control have you killed off that old rotten core that flesh and have you allowed new life to work in you through the spirit because if new life's working in you through the spirit you're going to start showing signs of good fruit how do we know if a tree is good or bad how do we know if we're being transformed by the spirit we know by the fruits if we jump over to um, Galatians 5 uh, verses 16 to 25 we see this there's this battle going on um, and I'm, I'm just before I say this I am got like sheets with all the verses on which is will be helpful at the end hopefully um, there's a battle going on between flesh and the spirit it's a battle that I can identify in, with in my own life. Um, possibly I'm the only one. Maybe other people can identify with this battle of like, I, I don't do what I want to do and I do do what I don't want to do and I'm confused also um, by do's and don'ts. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, Paul has this same thing. In, in somewhere in Romans he says, I do, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I do want to do. And, ah! Like, it doesn't always go the way that I want it to go. And I don't always respond in the way that I want to respond. There's this battle going on. And Paul lists what it might look like to be either in the flesh or in the spirit. And he encourages us to be led by the spirit. He talks about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Goodness. Goodness. (laughs) See, are we led by the Spirit? Why do we want to be led by the Spirit? Because it's the Spirit that produces good fruit in us. It's the Spirit that makes us into a good tree that can produce good fruit. So, we go from a place of... of... um, giving out discomfort and pain of, of, of giving out toxicity of, of spouting of being quick to use our mouth quick to respond to a place of actually the spirits in us our core has been transformed we are now a good tree and a good tree produces good fruits See, those fruits come through the work of the Spirit healing us. Not through our own effort. No tree can make itself good if it's a bad tree. And no tree that's a good tree can give off bad fruit if it's a good tree. Because 
the fruits are byproducts. The fruits just kind of happen. And I think this for me is like the, the crux of the whole thing. It's like I would so love people to just say about me that, oh, he's just, he's just kind of loving or kind of joyous or peaceful or patient um, or other things that are listed that I can't remember. Um, he's just kind of those things. And no amount of me trying to be those things makes me them. But when the Spirit's alive in me, when the Spirit's transforming me, those things are the byproducts. Those things just kind of happen. And they're just kind of how I am because I'm a new person. I've been raised up to new life in Christ. And this is the journey that I'm on. And it's, and it's heading, the trajectory is in a good direction. As I quite like bananas. Anyone like bananas? They're probably my favourite fruit. fruit. Um, or, or pink lady apples. They're pretty nice. Pink lady apples. They're quite expensive, but they're very juicy. Um, they are. Bananas, though, right? I've never... I mean, I am no expert on banana trees, so I'm going to put it out there. Like, it, I may be entirely wrong, but I'm going to use this analogy anyway, because why not? Um, I cannot imagine that a battered, beaten up banana tree that has been cared for by a gardener like myself um, is going to produce decent bananas. Especially not, like, around here, because it's not right, the climate... But if the soil's good, if the place where the tree's been planted is good, if, if everything around it is good, if it's a good tree, if it's a solid tree, it's going to just produce good bananas as a byproduct. And it doesn't keep those bananas to itself. They, get, they either eventually fall off so that the seeds can plant more, or they get chopped down, um, they get chopped down or, they, um, or they get collected by animals who like bananas like monkeys and things monkeys and me also I like bananas um, the, the point is these are it's like just the thing that it gives off doesn't sustain the tree the tree doesn't go oh that's really nice I'm going to eat those because they're really tasty they're just grown by the tree they're just the fruits that that tree produces and they're good fruits because it's a good tree and that's it like there's no going to try really hard this year to make amazing bananas like that is never a conversation that trees have with each other like I'm so going to make the best bananas out of all of all of the trees here I'm going to make the best ones because that's not something that it's just outside of nature it's the the fact is if it's a good tree it's going to produce good fruit just because it's a good tree and in the same way if we've been brought to new life in the spirit we're going to start producing good fruit. But it comes down to the question of who are you led by? See, are you led by yourself or are you led by the Spirit? Because if we want to take control, if we want to start discharging that discomfort and pain, 
then things are going to take a turn and it's not going to go the way that we necessarily think it should be going. But if we're led by the Spirit, that's when we're going to start producing good fruit. That's when we're going to start to begin to tame the tongue. And not always, and it's a daily struggle, and it's, it's something, you know, I personally, I'm not amazing at thinking before I speak still. You know, it's, there's, there's times when I don't get that right, but there's, there's also times where I actually go, actually I'm being led by the Spirit of God. Actually, I should be able to bite my tongue in this situation. Actually, I should be a wise man and not give full vent to anger, but actually just say nothing. It's about our response. It's about not being toxic. Not missing our opportunities for empathy and for love and compassion. I don't know, Tommy and Dave, if you... I'm a bit in the way, but if you want to sort of start coming up and getting ready, that would be good. See, we need to be listening to people, slow to speak and quick to listen. Allowing people to be heard. Allowing people to feel like they've been heard. Allowing people to feel like they're important. And that they, that what they're going through, the stories that they're going through, actually matter and actually mean something. Because you don't know the situation that someone's been through when they do something bad or when they, when they flip out and just say something that they don't mean to say or, you know, you, there's a story behind that more often than not. And there's a story that we're all involved in and we're involved in that together. We're involved in cultivating and pruning and, and, and gently correcting and growing in empathy for each other. I love this phrase that's at the, at the back there, that there's a place at the table for everyone. Because stories are important. Because we all have something to offer. Because that phrase says that you have value. And that phrase says that you're part of our collective journey. That as a, as a group and as a community, we're all growing together. This is one of the reasons why I, lo- I really love um, communion. And those who know me know that I really like communion because the, the imagery, you know, we are all one body because we all share in one bread. I'm no more important than you. You're no more, more important than you. It's, that's how it, how it sort of works. We're a community and we, we're growing together. And we're being transformed together. And we're, we're helping each other out when we need a bit of help. We're not jumping to, to discharge. But we're actually creating a, an environment in which there's, there's empathy, in which there's compassion, in which there's love, and ultimately in which there's grace. Which is a vulnerable place to be. But... You know, God put himself in a vulnerable place when he, when he decided to send his son, showed us how to live, showed us how to love, and ultimately gave up, laid down his life, and was raised to new life through the power of the Spirit. And I want us tonight to to be raised to new life through the power of the Spirit.
if that's something that we've not done before, to relinquish control, even if it's just in like that one little area of your life that you've not that you've just you're holding on to, and you're like, well, I'm not giving up control in that area, you know. I can control my tongue, that's fine, but then there's this area that I'm, you know, I'm not giving up control in that because that's kind of me and that's kind of who I am. You know, but God's calling you to, to give it up. God's calling you to relinquish control. Because you're a new person now, you're a spirit person now. You know, maybe you're in a situation where you've, you've never given up that control. Maybe you've never said, actually, I want to be in Christ. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want the Spirit to come and make me new and to and to renew me and, and and all this sort of stuff. Maybe you've never been in that situation. God's telling you to take that step. Go for it. Make a commitment to follow him. Make a make a um, give up control. Allow his spirit to come in and make you new, to renew you, to heal you. To make you whole again. If those things are something that that is um, that resonates with you, then you know, as as um, Julian, as Tyler, as myself, sort of wander around after the after the service, do grab us and say, actually, I need to make something right before I leave here tonight. I need to, we need some prayer, we need some, you know, we've got to make that right. So grab us before, before the, um, before you go home tonight. And just to say in response, um, I want us to do something really practical. I feel like sharing about how we speak and, and how we respond is quite a practical thing to share about. And so I want us to do something kind of practical in, in response. And that's why I've printed off um, printed off a load of sheets with um, the verses that we focused on tonight. And I want people to, to take, a, take a sheet, to read over these verses, to chew over it, to meditate upon it. And there's some space on the back. And I want, I want you to, just between you and God, just in your own space, in your own time, when you've got a moment, it's sometime this week, write down areas that you need the transformation of the Holy Spirit. Write down areas that you think, actually, this, this part of my life could look more like the fruits of the Spirit than it does at the moment. And just pray into that. Pray into into how God's going to transform and, and renew you and make you whole again. So we're just going to we're just going to go into our um, final song here in a second. Can I just encourage you to to be led by the Holy Spirit? to not hold on to control, but to let it go and let God, let God guide you, let God make you whole, God renew you through the Spirit. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. 
To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.